Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And uh, bringing somebody new on the podcast, uh, not new to me, I know this guy. Uh, I imagine a lot of you know him, but some of you may not because uh, he's up in a different country, a different world, a land of, he's, he lives in like a winter wonderland. And uh, you may know him as Dino Lantino. If you don't, uh, that's what he's going to be going by today. Dean, sure, I'm used to it. <laughs> Dean Lentini. Hey, man. Dean I'm Lentini. glad to be here. This is awesome. Like, so listen, if you don't know who Dean is, Dean, uh, Dean, uh, you've been a pastor. You're a church planter now again, I think. Is this, you've planted before, right? No. Oh, no, you have This is okay. the first plant. So you're, you're planting up in the Great White North. Mm-hmm. All right. And how long have you been up there? Uh, we've been up here since 2016. Okay, very cool. So you've had plenty yeah. of time to acclimate, to really become a part of the culture and know what you love about it and what you don't love about it. Yep, we've been to hockey games. We built our igloo. Okay. I think we're, we're fitting in pretty well here. Tapping the trees My wife's for the Canadian, maple so syrup, doing helps. all that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Put on everything. Mm-hmm. Do it Will Ferrell style on yeah, spaghetti. Of course. All of that. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and Dean, uh, the, re- the reason Dean and I connected, um, I think I reached out to you because uh, we, I think we followed each other on Twitter maybe, but I, I, I saw what Dean was doing on YouTube. And Dean wasn't only cre- creating uh, YouTube content that was high quality and interesting, but he was also live streaming. Like you were doing some live streaming stuff. And uh if you've ever seen live streaming, you've probably seen really good live streaming by professional people out there in the world. A lot of young people doing it, killing it. And you've probably seen some really bad, really boring, like soul crushing oh, yeah. live streams uh, that go on for three hours and it's just a big check me out fest or whatever it is, or just a snooze fest. But Dean was doing, Dean's been doing really, really cool stuff. And so I was excited to talk to him because I wanted to find out more about the way he was creating content how we at Doctrine and Devotion could begin to uh, step into that world slowly as we have the the time and the ability. And so I just started talking to you, man. I was like, hook me up. What do you do? Like, um, I, I've got sound equipment, but the tech side of video, we've been way behind on. Help me out. And you were very kind. We spent hours uh, together on the phone just talking and learning stuff and you've shown me stuff. I Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. I appreciate you reaching out. Like that was pretty fun. I was just doing my normal live streaming. Every Monday I do a, a stream about theology. I call it Theo Live. It's not the olive. Okay. Everyone <laughs> keeps saying it. But it's Theo Live. You gotta put it you gotta make you gotta put an olive graphic now. You ha- you have to create <sighs> one know, with an olive. I think like it's okay I'm Italian, so like I I can kind of roll with it a little bit, but dang, come on. Um, but I was just streaming, doing my thing. And next thing I know, Joe Thorne is in the chat. And uh, that was pretty exciting. I've been a big fan of yours for oh. a long time, listening to the podcast since day one. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sad Jimmy's not here, yeah. but I'm super psyched to be able to talk with you, man. So yeah, let's talk about live streaming. Let's talk about media. Let's talk about the local church. We're going to get into it. You know, it. I, we, I, I'll, I'll admit, uh, I felt, I felt, it felt really good when, uh, when you and I started to talk and you're like, I'm talking, I'm telling my wife that I'm talking to Joe Thorne and she's like, Oh really? Like, Whoa. And I just saw that Kevin Bacon uh, is sliding into our DMS on uh not, okay. Not, no, he's not, but he's responding directly to her. Kevin, yeah. the great, the, the, the amazing Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is talking to your wife on, on Twitter because she did a seven degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, which she was able to get to. And he responded, yeah. how cool is that? That was insane, man. That You're talking awesome. to the wrong Lentini about how oh, to I use bet. the internet. Oh, okay. man, clearly. <laughs> she broke the internet uh, yesterday. That is she true. made Kevin Bacon trend. That is like, that uh, was insane. That, I, yeah, I can, I can imagine that is, that is super cool. Super cool. Well, um, originally, we were going to have a few people on. I was hoping to get four. But Jimmy can't make it. He's tied up at work. Uh, we had Jordan Stefaniak on, but uh, he's rocking like Windows 95 on an old, mm. uh, uh, what was that? Was it Gateway? What were those computers? That they, I can't remember. The one with the cow? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> uh, so it, it didn't work. He's been on a ton. He'll be back. We'll have him on next week or something. 
We love him. But, uh, but of course, uh, Dino, he's, he's, he's on. He's got all the gear. And I wanted to have these guys on, but I'm happy to, to talk with Dean because, honestly, Dean has more experience in this area than all of us combined. And I wanted to talk about, I wanted us to think through and talk about media and the church. Um, you know, the value of using different kinds of media, whether it's podcasting or video and YouTube, things like that. Uh, what are the negatives? Uh, you know, what are the, what are the necessary consequences of using that kind of a thing? Uh, what are the, are the cautions to avoid? And, you know, why Baptists have been so bad at whatever the technology is for a, they're all we're always way behind the curve now you were you were southern baptist when you were in the states weren't you for a while uh i was i was a member at a southern yeah. baptist church for a yeah. while i come from the ifb world okay all right um so like kind of on the verge of it i've i've said i've had like one foot in the ifb world one foot in the reformed baptist world for a long time i was like one of the few people in that Venn diagram between those two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but pastored at garb churches and anyone who comes from the IFB world will know what that means. Everyone else is like, wait, what? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a thing. Genu- but, yeah. G- a general association of regular Baptists. Is that what it is? Yeah. Garb? Yeah. You know, no, I know Baptist stuff. I'm trying to act like you didn't no, know. No, I don't know. Is that, was, <laughs> is that, is that exactly uh, it? Is that, is it uh, I'm not sure, but well, you know, it was, you know, it was founded in 1780. No, I, don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell you. So, um, so let's start with this, right? Um, m- media is a major part of entertainment communication, whether that's news, uh, TV shows, Cobra Kai, what's up? Uh, whatever it is, like uh, church services, streaming, there he is showing off uh, with your Cobra Kai mug. I'm just saying. That's pretty dope. I have a Cobra Kai it's t-shirt. That oh. uh, looks pretty good. Um, so let's start with this. Uh, what's the value of stepping into media for churches? I mean, church has been here for 2,000 years. Uh, we've God's given us his word. His word is enough. I know you believe that. I believe that the word of God is enough. Uh, It's our supreme authority in all faith and practice, like scripture alone. It's the only revelation of God. Uh, We have have the same theology there. So what's the value of media? Do we need it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, Looking through church history, that's how the, the message has advanced, right? Like the printing press, Christians have always used. Yeah. Christians have always used technology to be able to get the gospel out. So mm-hmm. like we have a history of it, but then, you know, mixed in with what's going on now, specifically video, that's, that's the world that I come from, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, I, I've dabbled in podcasts every now and then, but gave and been on for a long time. So for me, video is really the the primary thing that I do. And the reason why is because so many people are consuming it. Like there mm-hmm. are great pros in doing it because people are there. Uh, like what I do is on YouTube and YouTube is the second largest search engine in the entire world. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's only behind Google and it's the same company. So Google actually uses a lot of YouTube. So my point in saying that is the pro is that people are using it. And now a lot of people think of like that and they go, okay, well, that just means like marketing, advertising to get, you know, you know, put out uh, our church does this and this. We have this Easter service or something like that. But what I think of when I think of that is not just marketing, not just that there are people out there, but that your people are out there. Mm. Like any pastor, your congregants are on YouTube. They're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter all of those social media platforms, they're already there consuming things. So the question about for us is really about like, are you going to step into that and answer some of those questions that they have that they're looking to others for? Or are you going to step into the void and kind of fill that need mm. that they have? Um, that's a good point. But, or not, you that's, know? That's so, a good point like, because- I think it's a good pro. People, yeah, people do. I mean, if we used to have church libraries, right? And some churches yeah. still have libraries, but um, but people now just literally go online and you, the classics are on there for free. They order the books that they want really cheap. Um, and when they have a question, if they hear their, their pastor say something funky or weird or challenging, one of the first places they go, if not the first place, is Google. 
and they start searching, yeah. like they start looking it up. So yeah, it would make sense to uh, to have a presence online that goes beyond what you're offering on Sunday morning or in some of your classes. And I think that that's where when we start to talk about you know the different kinds of media that we would in, that I think we both would encourage churches to step into can be overwhelming because you know we're thinking like, well, listen, I, I'm first of all. I'm tapped out. I don't have any more time for anything. There's a learning curve. There's a cost involved. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how we would be able to step into that. And we can talk about some simple ways to, to step into it later on. But I'd like to hear what you have to say to people that would say it, it's going to cost money uh, to step into that space, whether it's a, a podcast or a video. Um, what, what is your what is your response to to to, to that like and let's besides coming up with the cheapest options right so it's going to cost yeah. something what's your answer to the cost question well i mean we have budgets for everything right like especially in a baptist church mm -hmm. we we itemize everything and we have so many devoted to vacation bible school so much devoted to our discipleship curriculum uh, really, if you're viewing this as something that you need to do, which I think every church really should focus on getting some kind of content, depending on, you know, where you're at, what you're trying to do, it could be on a different platform, mm -hmm. but usually that would entail, you know, a camera, microphone, all the gear things. Uh, so are you going to invest in that form of discipleship? Cause I think that if you think about how a church can help their congregation online, yeah. it is a form of discipleship. Yeah. And, and so like you would be willing to sacrifice, you know, to get, you know, for a lot of, a lot of churches, a hundred kids at VBS is a huge deal. Right. Um, now it's, it's a little bit different because you're talking about the internet, but on the internet, you know, a hundred views on something is pretty small. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you have the potential of reaching thousands of people. Yeah. Now it's a little bit different because of the relationship and, sure. you know, how long are they viewing something and all of that kind of stuff, all the analytics, but you can reach more people. Uh, and then specifically your congregation, they're already there. So are you mm. going to disciple them or not is the question. And so are you going to sacrifice in that? I think it's, I think it's worth it. Yeah. I think it's worth it to invest in some things. Now you don't have to go off the deep end and go crazy and buy, you know, the latest 8k camera and you know everyone has the the you know the microphone like you you know you got the, you got the fancy mic yeah but the you church know, didn't I, pay I, for this yeah that's true <laughs> but you know yes. like you you got to invest in some of these things yeah. but you don't have to invest so much that you go into right you know crazy spending spree yeah uh, but i think it's worth it because people people are worth it your people are worth it. They're going to be online. So might as well be reaching them, might yeah. as well be discipling them. And so it could just be added into, you know, another aspect of your ministry, another facet, yeah. another item on the budget and uh, might be even cheaper. You know, some of those, some of those discipleship programs, you know, this Joe, like they are really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got to, there's a lot of overhead. Yeah. They got to pay typesetters and copy editors and editors and, design graphic design artists there's the paper there's all that stuff they got to cover their whole yeah there's a lot that there's a reason those things are expensive besides just you know capitalism uh there's yeah. a reason those things cost and the and and i think and I, we'll get some recommendations to people to start um in various ways but one of the things you said was you know you you've got to disciple your people are, are you going to disciple them and of course, like the, for us, and I think we're on the same page here, the most significant event or gathering we will ever have in the week is the Lord's Day. When we gather together, word, sacrament, that's the most important thing. If we're going to pick one, sure. God sets that apart. But that doesn't mean that Sunday school or small groups or seminars are unimportant. They're very important yeah. because those are means by which we continue to make disciples. And this is clearly another means. Now, it's not as interactive so, but what it lacks in some of the immediate uh, relational components, uh, it makes uh, up for, or at least it's offset by the fact that you can take any of this content that we're creating and link it to free resources, other things that you may be offering uh, back to your church. You can connect people very quickly to whatever you want them to connect to that would then either lead to deeper study or to those relational components. And I like yeah. the idea of saying, listen, um, 
we we want to teach our people. We want to invest in our people. And hopefully our, your, the, the pastors that you have are good, godly, and wise men. And if that's the case, then why not allow them to teach more? Because one of the things that we run into with... Uh, with putting together classes and whatnot as well. Who's going to be able to make it? How are we going to do it? Well, you could have a class uh, that meets weekly, monthly, whatever. But even if you're having it in person, you can record that and then distribute it. You could put it online and then all of the people in your church can watch it at their leisure. There's, there are a lot of things that offset the um, the downside of, it, of, of the digital media that we're using. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of it of like, you're not replacing your ministry. Right. Like it, it is not a replacement for any aspect of your ministry. At least it shouldn't be. Um, so going online, some people, you know, they don't want to record their services because, you know, people are just going to stay home and they won't come to church. Well, if you're training them right, then that shouldn't be that big of an issue. Now, you know, that's going to happen. You can't control, you know, how people are going to react to things. But uh, we're not talking about replacing any of those things. It's right. just supplementing. Yeah. It's, it's just helping the ministry and adding new avenues. And, you know, what you were saying about teachers, it doesn't have to fall on the senior pastor to do all of this. Right. You know, uh, if you're if you're listening and you're thinking like, you know, I've got all this other stuff I got to do throughout the week. And you're just saying, like, now I need to know how to do YouTube and, you know, do all these things. Well, most likely you probably have someone younger in your church who knows how to do the tech stuff. Yeah. Most likely talk to the video game people. They know what they're talking about with this. I'm not one. I, I like, I had to learn a lot from YouTube. Uh, but you probably have someone in your church who knows how to right. run all the tech stuff, knows what you need. And then, yeah, if you've got, uh, you know, plurality of elders or, uh, you have other leaders in your church who can, who can make some content, you know, just, a devotional supplementing your ministry, maybe an explanation on, you know, Hey, this was the sermon on Sunday. You know, uh, you know, this is how I applied it in my life. Uh, here's some action steps, things like that. There are so many things that churches can do that aren't going to replace any aspect of their ministry, but add on both for the members of their church. And, yeah. you know, yeah, it can have an impact. You never know. Kevin Bacon might tweet at you. <laughs> and then your world changes. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you guys are going to be walking the red carpet. Kevin and his oh, yeah. wife, Kira it's Sedgwick. Happening. Kira Sedgwick, that's her name, I think. Um, sure. Yeah, they're going to, you guys will be joining them, chilling out. They're going to, if they don't already, I don't know. They're going to believe in Jesus. They're going to, then you're going to, you're going to be like the new, what's that guy? Was that Hillsong? Carl Lentz. You'll oh, be the new Carl, Carl Lentz. Lentz. Yeah. Without all of those. That's abuse. a great intro. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what everyone wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> the next Carl so how how long have you been live streaming uh i've been doing it for just about a year like okay. it hasn't been that long like i've had the youtube channel for a couple years you know like i was i was one of those weird kids in high school making horror movies with my friends oh really like, uh oh yeah man i i we we had this little production company and we made all kinds of uh, of movies. Uh, not great, but you know, I've always been interested in that. And then movies, you know, I just love movies. And so when the pandemic hit, you know, I was taking videos uh, of, you know, how my family, cause up here, it was a lot more stringent and there's all kinds of ideas about that. But, you know, for us, we were kind of bored. And so we started making videos about like just what we were doing that turned into vlogs. And, uh, you know, next thing I know, I'm talking about theology in my, in my YouTube videos. And I was like, you know, I'm going to turn this into a show. So last year, it's been almost one full year of starting this Theo live project on Mondays streaming for about an hour, hour and 15. And, uh, it's been really fun and, uh, seen a lot of, a lot of growth, at least, you know, everything is relative as far as sure. that goes. But for me, it's, uh, been pretty good growth and, you know, being able to interact with you has been a fun little highlight of it. Uh, but yeah, it's been a year and I've grown a lot in that. If you go back and you watch some of my videos, you can see some of you guys who are like, I could never get into doing video for my church. Look at, look at my first episode to my last episode. Okay. It just so happens I have both brought up. So let's take a look. Oh no. No, oh, I, don't. no. <laughs> I, do, I do. I do have, I do have the, a recent one though. I wanted to just take a, we'll, oh, we'll, no. take, a, we'll take a look at this. All right. Okay. So, um,
My name is Dean, and welcome to Theo Live, a live YouTube show airing every Monday where we talk about theology, church, and culture. Now let's get into it. Hey, welcome to Theo Live, episode 48, I believe. Uh, today is going to be an interesting topic. The olive. The olive. <laughs> No, it's not. It's the olive, bro. I'm looking right at it. Theo, Theo Live. It's hard. There's a space there. There's a little tiny space there. Design is hard, okay? Okay, listen, you're, you're good at the design. Look at your lighting, man. You got the lighting up, your camera work. And the, listen, the reason the reason I'm, I bring it up is because like, it's actually not easy to do. I know guys that do it will say it's relatively simple in that like you just do these things you can you can do it but simple doesn't always mean easy uh multiple Mm -hmm. steps there are things that are involved but i remember looking at your stuff going that's really good like uh look at he's got bunion up there on the on the table you had it you were using it as a doorstop in one of the videos i was really unhappy i don't know hey 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 hey, hey. it wasn't a doorstop okay i was i was i put a plant on it okay Okay. it's even worse okay throwing garbage on top of it um but i was i was really i was like wow this guy's you know really doing it and it's it's your style you know it's um it's it's very much you and that's one of the things that i think social media and digital media can do for churches is that it really does allow people uh you know teachers preachers whether they're um you know teachers in the church or elders or pastors it allows them to communicate the 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 truth of scripture but it it does highlight like their personality their individuality and that's something that people really do resonate with you know reading a book is amazing i love reading books i've loved reading books since my conversion Uh, i can't get enough but uh more of a person's personality is experienced when you're listening to them and then when you're seeing them and listening to them there's even more and with your yeah. stuff like live, you can also now interact with people. People are asking questions. They're they're getting into into all of it. So I I think that there there are so many upsides to doing something in the digital media world for our local churches that will leverage uh, the the means of grace you know, in the lives in the lives of our people. And then of course you're reaching out to others. Now, like let's talk about the various things that are out there that people could do, right. In terms of the, sure. the, these, the, the newer forms of media, everybody knows about podcasting now, uh, 10 years ago, not as much, but now podcasting yeah. is a huge thing. Uh, what, what else are people doing, uh, in the digital media world that is still vibrant blogging? Not so, not so much anymore, but what is vibrant? What's using? What's, what's, uh, well, what's working? I would like to say YouTube. Um, YouTube is growing. So, like, I, I would say it's mostly video. Like, I mean, like, yes, you have, like, the the boom of podcasts with Serial back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, now we got Hulu series, basically just all about podcasts. Uh, so those those are still there. And those are good avenues. There are people who can use those. And, I mean, there there are people who are just, like, having, like, town hall discussions through podcasts for their own local church. And that's fantastic. Um, But yeah, you're missing a little bit of that personal element of being able to see people and see, see what's around them. Uh, You know, you, you talk about John Bunyan, but even, even that, like you can see, Oh, that's important to, Mm -hmm. to that person. It's a good opportunity for people to see, you know, what is, what is our pastor like? It was, it was why it was fun. Like the, a lot of things about the pandemic obviously were not fun, but one of the fun things was being able to see like, what was, what is the pastor like sitting in front of when he's doing his, his sermon, you know, like, or whatever, seeing a little bit into their home. That's really fun. So the video things uh, really help with that of like Instagram reels are really big. Um, you know, and I would say for churches, like you, you probably don't need to be on like every social media platform, you know, Twitter, probably doesn't matter. I don't think I've ever seen uh, a church account on Twitter have an impact really. Uh, But on Instagram, it's very different, you know, because you do get like the pictures, you do see the videos. So uh, Instagram reels are a big deal. Uh, I hear TikTok is important. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little old. <laughs> I'm a little too old for that. I, I I drop videos every once in a while, but you know, I'm just uh, well, TikTok I, is I can't. huge, and um, the, the cool thing about it is, you know, I use TikTok for entertainment. I watch it 
you know, sure. to laugh and to kill. I got five minutes, you know, which sometimes turns into yeah. 30 if I'm in the bathroom. Uh, and then Jen's like, what are you doing? Are you on TikTok? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching TikTok. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but like it, it knows what you like. And so definitely if you're putting out theological content, because I do get Christian stuff on there because it seems the yeah. algorithm knows I'm a believer and I get some Christian stuff and some of it's good and some of it's terrible. I know it's big. And, and those lend themselves to small soundbite sort of things. When it comes yes. to discipleship, that can be a teaser. That can be something that is like referential. It can like lead directional. But I think YouTube, um, you know, podcasts are great. But again, it, uh, podcast, I almost think podcast in some ways is harder because it's almost like uh, if you tell a spooky story around a campfire and everybody's there, like you're going to have an, a, an easier audience then if you try to tell a spooky story on a podcast and then hey, they can just listen to it whenever it's like there's yeah so like when, when you're talking to somebody they can see your facial expressions they can they mm -hmm. can see your excitement it, i think it's a little bit easier for the audience to interact with so I'm, i agree i think video in whatever format like it ultimately takes video is going to be increasingly be the thing that people want like i want to hear a preacher i want to see a preacher like i want to sit under the preaching of the word um and so like it that's that's cool but when it's like teaching dialogical uh like that's where i really enjoy like uh the interactive capabilities of of a live which we haven't done yet but it certainly sounds like good a good way to supplement what we do on sundays and a good way to supplement some of the more traditional ways of teaching i'm a i i, I think classes are awesome but if we can make them available i mean i, I think during the pandemic um you know, we were doing Sunday mornings and then I would do these Wednesday, Wednesday evening videos. Uh, and we did those live. We did a bunch of those Wednesday ones live. Of course, Sunday was live and uh, we didn't get a bunch of people asking questions. We would get a handful of people there. Um, but I, I think there are there are things to do. But what what gets in the way besides cost? What are what are what are some hang ups that that Christians and churches are going to have about finding a way to enter into digital media? Well, I think that part of it is like perfectionism. You know, there are there's a lot of stuff that churches do, and uh, there's a formality to a lot of churches, and it depends on the culture of the local church. But most churches have some formality. You know, they call it the sanctuary. Everyone's wearing you know a little bit nicer clothes, depending on what church you're at, uh, and you kind of feel like you have to have that same formality. Uh, when it comes to making some kind of content, some kind of video for your congregation, for the internet. And so with that comes like the prep of like, if you're going to do that, you think that it has to be really formal and it has to have like these certain points hit them and everything needs to look super professional. Uh, it doesn't have to, you know, uh, like for me, live streaming, I I'm pretty casual on, on my show, what I do. Uh, and there are going to be tech issues. There are going to be, you know, little, little flaws here and there. I'm not going to say things properly. I've probably messed up on this podcast several times. So it's just how people speak. Right. Right. Uh, but, uh, if you have that kind of philosophy, then I think it makes it a lot easier, uh, to make content for the internet. So you're not scared of, you know, not, not appearing like you are, super intelligent about the topic, right. you know, that you have it fully grasped and um, also like the language of it. You know, if you, if you go in, if you are doing a video behind your pulpit and you're all dressed up and you're going to make that video, most likely, you know, you're not going to get that many people who are going to watch it, you know, like you, people yeah. want that casualness. And so for some people, that's like a huge stumbling block, you know, to, oh, sure. to get out of that rhythm. So I think that would be part of it. Um, I think some people are maybe just a little bit fearful of chasing after numbers. Like they, don't, they want to stay away from that temptation, you know, because it is the internet because, you know, we, we all want to see, you know, you want listeners for your podcast, right? Like when I do streaming, I want more people to come in. I'm hoping, you know, Hey, some of the people listening, they might come over and check out my channel. We all naturally want that. And some people are so well aware of their pride that they stay away from any sure. of that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think that would also be uh, a problem. Uh, but I, I would say probably the formality thing would probably be like the biggest thing. That's like, definitely. A, yeah. I, I, I could see that the, the formality 
being well i mean i think yeah if they can't pull it off and have it look Mm -hmm. pristine like why bother doing it um and there is a a kernel of truth in there like you you want to put something out that does like look good and sound good to a to a certain level but that's not about formality that's 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 really a technical production issue um and there are ways to to get around that i think another reason that people are slow to do it is because they just don't know what to do they're like what do mm. i do like oh do we just mean put up the sermons like well th- that's great but no like what else could you do you're a pastor or you're a teacher you're maybe you're an apologist how do you want to reach people what do you want to say to people what are your concerns what's on your heart and then they're like, okay, so I don't, but I don't know what to do now. Is it, do I just do a podcast? Or I, I think because it is like, there, like it, it's not easy to narrow down. Like, okay, we're going to, in, like, you, you have a, a Theo Live or the Olive, which I didn't even think about until you told Come me that, on. and I'm like, oh Come man, that's going to be on. the thing. I love it. I, I, I played I, myself. I think that like you've got to figure out like what are my strengths, what am I passionate mm-hmm. about. So, so it's not just what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about that you have strengths in? And now what about that can you bring to the people that will encourage them, strengthen them in the faith? And once you have that sort of clarity, it's, it gets a bit easier to say like, okay, so I want to do interview style uh, discussions or I just want to do uh, a straight like interactive conversation on a live stream right so like i'm talking i'm setting things up and then i'm taking questions other people want to like they want to like deliver like classes like you can do classes on the internet that's great there's a total need for classes on the internet and maybe like how many people have watched rc sproul's classroom training videos he's going into theology yeah that's true Like, like so there's 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 a space for everything but i think there is there is the concern or like maybe the fear of well, nobody's watching it you know no mm-hmm. no nobody's really into it and listen if nobody in your church cares and um and nobody else is listening for, but for, forget the rest of the world if nobody in your church uh is wants to watch what you're putting out after you've put it out it may be an indication that it's not needed at your church it may be an indication that you're not very good at this it may be an indication that they have a they have a they have a lack of spiritual hunger. Like there could be a bunch of reasons why it's not connecting. So you don't just default to one response when you see that. You, but recognize, I mean, I, listen, when I, we, we put out our, um, our Wednesday night services or Wednesday night teaching on the internet, we got very few hits. I think we'd get like how many people would watch it live? 25 people would watch it live. And yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's all right. But I mean, it's like, like if we had it at the church though, more people would come. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not the number. It's just more like, what's the, like, okay, if I had it at the church, more people would show up. I think, um, we have done stuff in the past where very few people show up. We know what that's like, you know, they get some prayer service and like the first month you get like 50 people at the prayer service. And the next month you get 30 people at the prayer service. The sure. next month you get yeah. 15 people at the prayer service. I think there is a built in concern about, numbers and our perceived uh, understanding of its efficacy going out. I, I think that that's probably another reason that people are hesitant to jump in because it seems big. I don't know how to do it. What if it doesn't work? I've tried it. People didn't like it. You know, and not everybody has to do it. Certainly. Yeah. What, what well, and, and I will say that it's, that's any ministry, right? Like anything, like all anyone who has been in pastoral ministry knows that feeling of trying to do something new, adding, you know, adding another service uh, or changing it up. And there is that pressure of like, you know, what, oh, snap, what's going to happen if I mess up on this or if this doesn't work, if people don't come to it. But you still do it. You still try it. Yeah. So this could just be another thing that you do with that. And I will say, you know, for anyone who is thinking about it and thinking about investing and, you know, leading that charge to go to whoever, uh, whoever is accountable with money and saying like, hey, I think we should invest in that. That's kind of a risky thing. Um, but, you know, you can always resell that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you can't resell some of those discipleship stuff that you you do for different ministries, but you could sell that camera and get your money back. So, for you know, sure. it's worth a shot. No. Yeah. The, the, the resale value on some of that is uh, on a lot of that is, is really good. And uh, again, there's just, there's, there's so many applications for it that I think it's, it's, it's certainly worth exploring, especially if we want to reach, uh, you know, people that aren't 
like inclined to come to extra stuff. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, like I, I, we, I'm rethinking some discipleship rhythms at our church. And, um, mm -hmm. because I want us to do more and I want us to grow in ways that we're not currently growing. Um, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking more spiritually, you know, um, we have a vibrant, sure. spiritually vibrant body. Uh, people love the Lord. They're very serious about the Lord, but, I see that we as leaders could be doing something different. And so whatever we do, I do plan on finding a way to utilize that, like to leverage whatever we do so that it can be used in digital media as well. And this is the nice thing. If you're going to teach a formal class, uh, you can either manuscript it. And if you are like me and you don't manuscript, uh, just record it. And there's a software that will manuscript it for you and types it up. It does a great yeah. job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Otter, I think is the one I use. It's great. Um, you, you can turn that into video content. You can break it up into little pieces. You could, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do to, to disseminate your regular material. Even it's like, yes, putting your sermon, putting your whole sermon on YouTube, you're, you might not get a lot of hits, but if your pastor, let's say you're the digital guy, you're the, you're the media guy, but let's say like you love your pastor, but the whole sermon, like, Maybe people aren't going to be into it. Why would they bother listening to this guy? They don't know him. Okay, fine. But your church will enjoy it. But what you could do is find that sweet spot in a message where yeah. like that, because a good preacher, listen, I know I've been preaching long enough to know like my sermon was okay, but that line impacted a lot yeah. of people. That sentence, people were like, whoa. And it wasn't because it wasn't anything new. They just, the way it was worded, it connected with them pop that out, put it on a reel, put it on TikTok or put it in Twitter, whatever. There's ways to just put pieces out there that will then move them in the right direction as well. So you can repurpose a lot of your content yes. into different formats. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to like, you know, figure out some whole new strategy, figure out like, oh, I have to make five new videos a week. You could use what you're doing. You put a camera, even in Sunday school, like, yeah, sermons, obviously. Yeah, man, those, those that, that gospel nugget, that's mm -hmm. going to affect people. But even in Sunday school, yeah. I have a video there, like a video camera there it might be weird for the first couple of weeks. People get used to it. And then, you know, you could have a little gospel nugget from Sunday school. You could, you could have like five of those through Sunday school, evening service, you know, whatever you're doing, you might as well record it, you know, invest in some hard drives, I guess. That's like the mm -hmm. biggest thing there. But if you want to use it, you can. If not, like, okay, it's just going to sit on that hard drive. But yeah, yeah, like why why go through like the hassle of making all new things when you already are doing quite a bit? Just take those little clips. And yeah, yeah if uh, someone who's recording it can maybe even write it down. Oh, I think that at the 34-minute yeah. mark, you know, you really hit it on the nail there. So we need to take that clip there. Think of how many amazing it. Sunday school teachers we have in our churches that, that mm -hmm. have been at it for a long time. They love the kids. And think of how many times they drop like these succinct, and you have to with the kids, right? But they drop these succinct, powerful expressions of the character of God or the gospel or whatever it is. And like that can be a very, whether it's a five minute clip or a 60 second clip, right? There's these little things that we can put together that then tease people enough to go like, wow, that was really good. Where do I go for more of this? Oh, I want to, I want to go to that church. I want to visit that. Or like, wow, they, they talk to children in a way that actually like honors children. They don't treat them like yeah. a bunch of idiots, like whatever it is. All right. So I got, I got a couple of questions here. Uh, these will be my last two for you. Sure. Why are Baptists so terrible? Um, at everything and uh no it's like really like i just i remember i remember i'll just i'll just say it as i'm you know uh like when the when the when the holman christian standard bible came out now it's just called the christian standard bible when the holman christian standard bible came out i was like oh that's good translation uh let me go check out the website because i can link to it well it, it was it was a useless website you couldn't even look at that yep csp is my jam oh translation Watch what you say joe tra okay I won't, I won't get into the fact that they ditched theological language because they've been like mystified by how people could understand a word like propitiation, which used to be in the HDSB, but whatever. I'll leave that to the side. They're bad typesetting and they're horrible fonts, but whatever. I'll leave all that. I'm not, I'm not even going to get into it, but, the, but the CSB is a good translation. Um, but the, so like the translation was great. And the thing is, is the reason it's a good translation is because they got scholars from every, you know, evangelical tribe to work together on this. So it's really good. But then 
they get Southern Baptist to build the website and it's the worst Bible website you could conceive of, at least years ago when I went on it. Like you couldn't even link to particular yeah. verse. It was a nightmare. And so uh, why are Baptists bad at, uh, at digital media? Now, or if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I'm happy to be corrected. Well, I was, all right, you're not wrong. All right. But uh, I think that there's a skepticism of the world that whatever the world's doing, we're just kind of like, I need to be far away from that. Mm. And that, you know, it's not just the IFB world. That's just Baptists in general. We're, we're kind of ready to like duke it out pretty much. And so whenever we see the world really focusing on something, we're like, oh, that's garbage automatically. Like it's, I think it has to do with our views on common grace, but uh, like there, there's like a skepticism. There's a, a fear uh, of just like giving into the world, not just of like it affecting us, but, you know, are we on that slippery slope sure. toward, you know, just being like the world? So I think that's part of it. And then I think that a lot of people just think, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, trends don't matter. Uh, what what people are doing uh, online, that stuff doesn't matter because it's the local church. And like, obviously, like the local church is like super important. <laughs> like the, it's what Jesus said he's going to build and not an online church, a, a real physical church. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't negate that there are people out there. And mm. so like it might be built off of solid theology when it comes to the importance of the local church. Uh, but sometimes even solid theology can put blinders on us to other things that aren't actually going to combat that solid theology, mm. but we feel like there's a fear of it. So we stay far away from it. Uh, that, and then usually Baptists just don't have any style. We leave that for the Anglicans. Well, it's funny because, or interesting, because what I've noticed is like, wow, you've got a really well put together curriculum here. Like it looks amazing. And the content's horrible. The theology's bad. It's just moralistic, therapeutic deism. It's just nonsense. And, and so I'm like, I'm out. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And, uh, and listen, I have these conversations with publishers. Like when I'm at these places, I'll be like, your, your, your children's stuff's horrible, man. Like you guys are veggie tales. It's not, I would never use this in my church. <laughs> and then they're like, well, have you tried this? Because this, we just came out with, look at this. And I'm like, that looks slick, man. Woo, that looks nice. And I go through it. I'm like, yeah, this is just repackaged nothing. <laughs> then I go to the reformed guys and I'm like, yeah, man, this is where it's at. Where my homies at? Let's go. Like, what the heck? Like you have, <laughs> you have gold here. But like, it looks horrible. It's like the tackiest stuff. And it, it's like, so there's a disconnect. It's like, oh, I want good theology to look good. You know, one of the things that I'll tell you, one of the reasons I like the, one of the things I appreciate about Crossway and ESV, they're not a sponsor anybody, um, is they that be. they, uh, if, if you want to be, <laughs> you can, you can click on, uh, advertise on this podcast right there in your podcast player. Um, is that they consciously think like, okay, this is the word of God and we want to present it in form in a way that honors what it is. They're not just mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, I want it to be readable. They do. They want it to be readable because it's the word of God and it should be readable. But it all goes back to we want to present it in a particular way. And one thing is clear, whether you like the ESV translation or not, they know how to present it in a way that looks really good, that honors the text. And really? so it's like, I want the reformed guys to do that. And they're, they're, some of them are good at it, but like a lot of them are just, they're just not it. like banner of truth, man. I love banner of truth. It's like my favorite publisher. And they got like the worst covers of, of books in, I mean, it's, I don't know, Joe, it's rough. I don't know. Some of those, like it's, it's so bad. It's classic. Okay. You know? Yes. Sure. <laughs> like, oh man. Those white covers. Are you kidding me? On the inside, like the Whitfield, uh, like the two volume biography of Whitfield on the inside. Oh my goodness. looks so beautiful. I uh, just, you know, come on, man. But then you got the other and it's like, I, Baptists, I think, I think, I think part of it, my, my thought is that Baptists have oftentimes been bad because they're, they're so focused on the truth. They're not worried about the, the medium, right? But the medium matters. The medium is important. Yeah. The, the medium is the message, which is not, doesn't mean what some of you might think that means, yeah. uh, but it means that the medium itself carries a lot of weight and uh and it matters so you got to pay attention to that other people are like we just got to make something that looks good and they're not putting much thought into the other i, I think those are what's why because it's like oh it still goes wrong in both directions yeah all right so okay i, I got an, another question 
who is who is somebody out there that's doing digital media good in the orthodox christian even calvinistic if you can think of uh who's somebody out there that's doing a good job with that well there's there's this podcast that i listen to mm, called okay no i'm not gonna do we that don't count, it's just it's just a podcast they don't count i'm thinking uh, video <laughs> a, a video uh i mean there are there are people that are really popular that you know like they regardless of maybe some of the content that they say is uh pretty good as far as like the quality of it yeah that's what uh, i'm so talking you have about. those um so i mean like james white like there's a reason why he's super popular like he he does it consistently the quality is up there as far as like the look of it um you know apologia like those there those more popular content creators like there's a reason why they're popular uh, and some of that is the content, but also like what you're saying, like the style of it. So those, those people you, are people to learn from for yeah. sure. Then there's like other, other folks as well. Uh, you know, I've got some YouTube buddies that are doing it really well. John Adams ministries, another reformed Baptist guy. Uh, he does it well. Uh, Trey Van Camp, who wouldn't necessarily fit into like the reformed world, but you know he's a church planter down in Arizona. He's got great style in his stuff, good content. Uh, so there, there are plenty of people that you can go and find if you just put in reformed theology into whatever category uh, or uh, platform that you're using. Just put in reformed theology, you'll probably find some really interesting people making good-looking content. Yeah. Uh, but we need more. We well, definitely I, need more. Because what I think of, I think like, well, there are there are certain groups and guys, like, whether that's founders or uh, Doug Wilson and his crew, uh, and yeah. those, those are two very different things, though they're sort of linked. Um, apologia. They all have like style. They've invested the money, the resources. They've got a look, a high production value in what they do. So a lot of that's done with excellence. My concern is like Reformed Baptists right now have a bad reputation as being just pugnacious jerks that uh, sure. that are just you know hardcore patriarchal. You know, women need to be quiet and you know not whatever it is, right? It's just they go over the top, mm -hmm. and I I hate that. And I think one of the ways that we can hopefully change the perception of Reformed Baptists is to have more digital media out there by gracious, strong, uh, godly, uh, understanding Calvinists that like, that are putting stuff out there with that aren't constantly treating every social ill as if it is the end of the world and every deviation in doctrine as if it is a matter of orthodoxy. So I want, as I see guys doing a great, like, wow, the con, the, 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 the presentation, the media is oftentimes good in a few of these cases, but it's the attitude of the spirit of it that I have a problem with. And when people type in reform Baptist, that's our context, you know, mm -hmm. some of that's going to come up pretty quick. So I'm a concern. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you ask that question, it's like, uh, who's doing exactly right? Uh, no, well, nobody's you know, doing it exactly sure. right. But. And the, but there are guys that are doing good, and I think we can learn. We can learn from each other. So, listen, final thoughts, man. What if? It, what would you? Because you're out there doing your thing. Um, you know, when you're obviously when you're not uh, when you're not Yukon Cornelius. You know, when you're not the <laughs> trapper from uh, the red Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. And if uh, it, man. and listen, I all all I have to say is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and everybody right now, at least at least in my generation, will be like, I know exactly who he's talking about, and and the young <laughs> ones are like, what are you talking about? Like, just Google Yukon Cornelius, and or just look on the screen. I'll have a picture of it right here. Final words. He was pretty awesome. He he was awesome. I'll take it, man. No, that's a compliment. Like it's that's that's yeah. not a bad thing at all. I don't mean that as a dig. I mean, look, look I get like. I get harlot references. Okay, I get garden gnome. Like, well, that's all right, I guess. All right, so final thoughts on digital media and the church, like just to encourage people with uh, with a way to maybe begin to to look at it with fresh eyes if they're if this is something that they, they haven't done before. Well, I would say just go and watch some things first off. Like, see what people are doing. See, ask yourself if you are able to do that in some way, you know, and then just try it, just try it. Like that, that's probably the biggest piece of advice I could give to anybody is like, we know that people are there. We know that there's, 
like the availability to be able to reach not just your congregation, but also other people. And maybe even to draw in like what you're saying earlier, like draw in some people who are on like the outskirts of your congregation, bring them closer through having them understand you and your theology a little bit more, but just try it, give it a shot and see, you know, what the Lord would do with it. Hmm. And yeah, it might require a little bit of an investment, but I think it's worth it. I mean, Jesus in the parable uh, of uh, the the wedding banquet, you know, go to the highways and to the byways, mm-hmm. you know, like we don't even have to do that, guys. It's the Internet. It's right there in front of us. It's in our hands. We can just talk to people about Jesus. He's he's worth the investment. Those people that you might be will, uh, able to disciple are worth that investment. So just give it a shot. And yeah. Every once in a while, your stream might not work correctly. You might look dumb. You might say something that's stupid. But hey, you know that's going to happen in the pulpit sometimes too, oh, yeah. right? That's life. That's life. Let, yeah. let, don't don't fret, man. Just I think I think try step into it. And yes, we're gonna we're gonna have more talks about this because you know putting it like it takes just running a camera live on a Sunday morning takes a few people so you got yeah there's a you got to have a team and so you may not be able to do that so what can you do we'll get into that uh at, at another time dean if people want to follow you on social media uh where do they find you uh you can go on to youtube.com slash dean lentini uh my name's pretty it's know, not dino lentino out there it's not dino lentino but it's pretty dang close <laughs> so dean you lentini. can find me dean lentini on whatever platform no no underscores no underscores. Yeah, that's no, how you I ain't do Jimmy. It. Hear that, Jimmy? Get a, <laughs> you guys got to get a new. Guys got to get a new thing. Hey, Dean, thanks for coming on, man. I love you, brother. Uh, love what you're doing up there in Canada and what you're doing online. Keep doing it, and I'm gonna keep uh, begging you for help and assistance and figuring out how we can do <laughs> more stuff better. Um, for the rest of you guys, uh, thanks for listening. We always appreciate it uh, when you tune in. Uh, you know, we have our normal podcast dropping every Monday and Thursday. But if you want to support the podcast that allows us to do conferences. We've got one coming up in 2023. Um, You can subscribe to Doctrine and Devotion All Access uh, right there on your phone. You can scroll down as you're listening to this and there should be a link that says support this podcast. You click that, you can sign up for All Access. And what you get are five devotional meditations on theology and scripture, uh, Monday through Friday, and you'll get the Banter of Truth podcast, which is just me and Jimmy chopping it up every time. So check that out. Uh, Find us on social media, at Doc and Devo, both Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and God bless. (music) 